you alone are the king of kings you are the lord of lords you are the one that has purchased our salvation you are the one that loves us with a perfect love yes our god we thank you tonight thank that we can confidently say none compares with you in our lives yes. we want to thank you my god that you alone are enthroned in our hearts yes. and you alone are the focus of our life yes. you are the center of our joy yes. you are everything to oh, us and everything is you yes. father we bless you tonight lord we glorify you tonight that we can worship you with one voice is all of your doing oh god that we can stand tonight oh god is all because of you father we lift our voice to say we love you we love you oh god we love you because you first loved us we lift our voice to you tonight to say you alone oh god are the king of our life you alone oh god are the light of our life you are the one that we lean on you are our pillar you are everything to us oh god we worship you lord we glorify you reign oh god you reign, oh God. In our homes, you reign. Yes, Lord. In our lives, you reign. Yes, Lord. In our gathering, you reign. Yes, Father. On our jobs, you reign. Yes, Lord. In everything that we do, you reign, oh God. Yes, Lord. We worship you this day. We glorify you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Before you sit, just give someone a hug. Tell them you love them. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Pastor Charles. There's nothing you can do about it. You and I, we are joined together. There's nothing that can separate us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Amen. Um, we're going to go straight into the word tonight. Just talk a few minutes about um, the things that we heard and learned on Sunday. Um, on Sunday, we discussed that the Holy Spirit has specific two roles. Um, in our lives. Who remembers those two roles? We mentioned two roles of the Holy Spirit. They encapsulate all of the roles of the Holy Spirit in our life. What are those two roles? Helper, bring everything to a remembrance. And I also did mention as the indwelling presence of God and as the empowering presence of God. Amen? And... Um, I did mention something also that for us to succeed in anything, to succeed at the highest level, I did mention that we need a consistent experience of the presence of God in our lives. That without that, we will come short of the victory that Jesus has accomplished for us. Amen? And some of the things that I also said on Sunday is that I talked about a helper. I talked about him bringing us to remembrance. 
But there's something that I'm going to kick off from tonight, which is that they, in, they will never go by without the Holy Spirit being present in our lives. That as long as we are settled with that, that our emotions, our circumstances, whatever we face does not stop the presence of God in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. So tonight, I want to talk a little bit more about the workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you open with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. It says that he will grant you, in fact, let's start from verse 14. It says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that it will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth the length and the height of the love of God. But here it is, verse 16. It says that it's the Holy Spirit that strengthens us through his power. Why? That Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. What does this mean? It means there are times, circumstances, situations will happen. That all of a sudden you find yourself despair of life. Or of strength. And you're looking for that so with passion that you may have it. Remember on Sunday I said there are, there are some problems that would come. You would know there are problems. Uh, you know, I, that I hit my foot against the door is not a problem. I'm talking about a problem that you yourself will not even have the strength to be able to walk. You, you are hardly able to get out of bed. Those are the times you want all the lights in the house shut out. Because you want to just hide away. But the Bible says, being strengthened with might in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your heart. This comes to the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. To say to you, you are not in this situation by yourself together there is a team that we are going to get through this thing together then all of a sudden you feel a surge of energy you feel like you are able to get up again you feel like your circumstances is not going to overcome you you feel like you can soar upon the wings as the eagle not because there is a solution already but because there is an empowering presence of God an assuring presence of God that says to you you will overcome or you have overcome that this is not a permanent situation in your life this is well Christ begins to gain root in your heart. The word of God begins to find a place of expression. That the situation around me does not define me anymore. Or does not define my responses. My response is that which the Holy Spirit supplies to me. That's one of the workings of the Holy Spirit. It strengthens us in the times that we need those strength. Amen? Now, of all of the roles, this is one that I love the most. That is the indwelling presence of God. And this is the reason why I love it. Because 
This indwelling presence of God brings about the consciousness of God in your life, minute by minute. How many of you have had a business dealings with someone and they say to you, I want to be a silent partner? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Now, you may not see the silent partner every day, but every transaction you make, you are conscious of this silent partner. I mean, if you go to sign a deal, you are conscious of this silent partner because you are accountable to this silent partner. Even though you don't see this silent partner in every of your daily dealings in your business. Now, let's look at the Holy Spirit as a silent partner. However, as a silent partner, he is the one that is actually leading and guiding you. Are you following what I'm saying? So I come, I wake up every day. There has to be that consciousness that I'm not by myself. And what normally happens, I don't know whether it's just only me. I know it's probably only me. Sometimes I leave the house and I'm actually not conscious that I carry an, a presence with me, that I'm not by myself. Then I find myself just rushing through the day, just making decisions, just doing what I have to do, just keep going and going and going. And maybe just about the evening, you just hear that voice. Almost like, I'm still here. But remember the statement I make. Whatever you are going to do in life, to succeed at the highest level, there has to be a consciousness, and consistent consciousness of the presence of God in our lives. That is why Paul will end this letter by saying, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet friendship, communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. I feel like the reason why sometimes I suffer a few defeat here and there is because I lack that consciousness of the presence of God. But these days, one of the things that is helping me is that even before I go to sleep, I'm consciously talking to the Holy Spirit. Not as in acting in sin, you get what I'm saying, but I'm having conversations in my head all the time. And those conversations are like, are like this. I thank you that you're the one that brings to my awareness who I am. I thank you. You are the one that gives me consciousness of my environment. I thank you that you're the one that opens my eyes to see the opportunities around me. You, this is almost like a daily, a minute-by-minute minute conversation. And because I am becoming more conscious of this, is something that has now become a daily thing for me. Listen, the one thing that the Holy Spirit does is not only is that consciousness, how do I explain this? That even when it comes to interactions with people, rather than blow off steam, you, you, it, it keeps you calm. Talk. Talk, talk like this. Do this. Make this decision. Don't make that decision. You know, it's not a matter of whether I should eat rice or amala. You get what I'm saying? Or whether I should eat pandediam or maybe plantain. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about just 
this consciousness that is this silent partner whom Jesus emphasized over and over, your helper, your helper, your helper. And the reason for that is in every choice I'm about to make, he empowers me to make those choices. Pastor said some time ago that, not some time ago, the last week before he left, that the, uh, the, the ability to fall into sin is dependent on our choices. In other words, it's not a matter of sin led me to sin. It's a matter of I have a choice to make. But that choice is fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Where you become so aware of it that when I make this choice, I receive the empowering to walk out this choice. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, if I am going to do anything and I'm about to make a decision whether to go this negative way or positive way, and there is a brooding within me to go this positive way, the strength to do it the strength to go through that choice is supplied at that minute. But remember what I said. This consciousness is not developed overnight. It is a consistent walking with the Holy Spirit that brings about this result in our lives. But without his presence and the consciousness of this presence, we fail to come into the fullness of that which God has given us. Amen? Now, the Holy Spirit also is the one that helps us to remain in the love of God. The Bible says in Romans 5.5 5, that the love of God is shared abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So if I am in need of love, to release love in a situation, I, I, I mean, you just need to say, thank you Holy Spirit, that I have your love at this moment to give what it takes. And before you know what's happening, boom. It just comes like that. But all of this, though, is founded in you believing in it. Remember what I said about the silent partner. In this case, you don't have a choice because you guys went into an agreement. So you cannot make a choice without the consciousness of the silent partner. You cannot make a transaction without the consciousness of that silent partner. But in this case, to walk with the Holy Spirit, it takes you believing that he is there to give you the assistance that you need. It is imperative that we understand that. That a holy to, to, to walk with the Holy Spirit is a level of trust that we need. We need to believe in it. That's why the Bible says to us in the book of 1 John chapter 4 that we know and believe in the love of God. We know it is a revelation. We believe it is a choice. That I believe it. And remember I said on Sunday, believe is not something that happens because somebody preached a message. Believe is a response to the revelation of the love of God in the inside of you. The minute the consciousness of the fact that God loves me is dawns on us, the automatic response is that you believe in the person. When somebody says they love me, I want to believe in them. I believe in them. Amen. So tonight, I will slightly talk about belief, and then we're going to, I'm going to open up to questions or comments, and then we're going to pray. So, remember I said that the grace message a long time ago is founded on just the love of God. That's just what the grace message is founded on. For God so loved the world, 
he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. However, believe and love are two sides of a coin. You can't take that coin without having the two sides. You get what I'm saying? I throw you a quarter. There's one side of quarter and the other side of the quarter, but they are both together. There's no way you can separate both of them and say you want to spend this without the other. So believe and love are two sides of a coin. That's why the Bible says we know and believe in the love of God. Because belief is integral, I repeat, to our walking with the Holy Spirit. We have to know that is always there. In other words, I mean, remember most of us, I mean, I've said this before, that I had, an, if I have an issue with someone, I'll say to them, I will set the Holy Ghost apart and I will deal with you. You know, that, those are things that you've said in the past. I will, I will leave the Holy, listen, I will leave this Holy Ghost aside and I will deal with you. You get what I'm saying? It, it, but somehow at the back of my mind, I would know that, that there's somebody with me. It's just that I'm consciously wanting to leave this person aside so that I can do what it is that I want to do. Amen? But it is because I, I believed in it. You, you understand what I'm saying? For me to turn around and say, I'm going to set it aside and go this way. You get what I'm saying? But in order to believe though, and I said that is the key. This is my definition. That believing is the key to everything. One, it is the confidence that a demonstration of Christ's work in my life is more wonderful than all the praise I could get for myself by being a self-made man or woman. It is a confidence that the demonstration of Christ's work in my life is more wonderful than all the praise I could get for myself by being a self-made man or woman. One of the characters in scripture that has blessed me with understanding this love and belief is David in the Old Testament. I mean, I've never seen a person that walks conscious of the grace of God in their life. When I look through scriptures and I look at the life of David, I mean, how will somebody say to you after you fall into sin, you pick the punishment that I, I'm going to punish you with. You just pick. If someone says that to me, to pick a punishment, I'm not going to leave it to the person to pick the punishment. I'm the one that will pick the kind of punishment I want. Hey, let me write, I will not disobey 500 times. That's easy for me to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? But David... Understanding the love and believing in God, in the love of God, and believing it, David will say, you know what, you pick my punishment. Listen, that is a level of trust and belief in someone like I've never seen before. Does David believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Let's look at Psalm 139. Where can I run away from your spirit? If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Wherever I try to go, you are there. If I hide in darkness, say darkness is as light to you. In other words, there is no hiding away from your spirit. This is David walking in the consciousness of the spirit of God. That there is nowhere I go to, your spirit is with me. And David came to this place because he knew the love of God for him. He knew and believed in that love of God for him. And because of that, he would trust in God. Psalm, one, Psalm 36 will tell you that, you know, continue, he said, continue your loving kindness towards your children of men. He said, he said, no, because of your loving kindness towards the children of men, therefore, they put their trust in you. In other words, it is because you love us, that is why we believe in you. 
You get what I'm saying? It takes belief and understanding that God loves me to know that he sent a helper to me, someone that would take me by the hand and take me through thick and thin. And thin. Are you getting what I'm saying? I said it on Sunday. A helper is who we need at all times. Jesus Christ many times make reference to the Holy Spirit as a helper, as your helper, as your helper, as your helper. And I said on Sunday, repeat after me, I need help. I need help. Every day I need help. I don't understand life. Life is unpredictable. Life, I can't put one and one and make two. That's life. But when we say life happens, believe me you, there is the strength of the Holy Spirit to take whatever life deals to me. I mean, look at David. You lose a son. Betrayal of a friend. Your family members against you. Nations against you. And yet, every time, the only thing he knows to do is to run back to God. Listen, it takes a level of confidence. Having walked with God, David did not start overnight. That was why when they said, you should come and kill a Goliath, and they doubted his ability to do it. He would say to him, understand, listen, you don't even know. Let me give you my pedigree. Let me give you where I started out from. When a, a, a lion came to take one of this flock, I dealt with it. When a bear came, I dealt with it. How much more this uncircumcised Philistine? So that no matter what circumstances of life face you, you know there is a partner within you that can help you go through this so that you can say, by God, I can run through a troop and by him, I can leap over the wall. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. His indwelling presence and his empowering presence. Being conscious of this very thing, that there is no way I can make life in my own strength. But I had a discussion with someone, I think it was on Monday. And the holy thing this person kept saying to me, I hear what you're saying. He said, but on a daily basis, what you're talking about, maybe a pastor can do it. I kid you not. He said, after I get to work and I have to face all those uncircumcised Philistines, he said, by the time you're done, the Holy Ghost is gone off you. So I said to him, I said, listen, what I'm asking you to do is not that it's going to happen overnight. It happens because you take one step at a time. It's one step at a time. Remember the scripture, strong meat belong to them who by reason of use have had their ex senses exercised to discern between good and evil. It's our walk with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. You become so confident and very sure of that voice that you hear. So that when you hear that voice at any time, you know, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I would never forget Pastor Bakari's example one day. He didn't say it as far as the Holy Spirit. He was just saying something. But I knew this was the Holy Spirit. That the biggest deal in his life that he would ever get, a breakthrough in his life, was because he was sitting somewhere and something said to him, go to Sheraton Hotel. And two people that were fighting, he got involved in their life. And from there became the breakthrough of his life. Is it at all possible that there are some things that we're hearing and we're ignoring them? And the reason we're ignoring them is because we're not used to the voice that is talking to us. 
And as long as that voice is a stranger, we are not able to follow. Because the Bible says the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. But when you're used to this voice, this voice has become a friend. This voice has become a confidant. Listen, there are some things I can't tell my husband or even my best friend that I will talk to the Holy Spirit about. We are together sitting there and I'm going to talk. And I, keep, I will hear the Holy Spirit tell me, it's okay. This is what you need to do. This is how we need to do it. And then you care to open the scripture. And the scripture just comes alive to you. One time like that, the scripture comes alive to you. And you say, wow, this is God. This is what God is saying to me. There, there's a situation that I'm involved in now. Not, I can't give details. But it was two Saturdays ago. God gave me a dream. And I saw these two individuals. And they had closed a huge transaction. And they opened their wallet, showed me dollars, man. And we... Whoa, in this dream. I said, whoa, this is huge. So I got up and said, what kind of a dream is that? And this, in one of the individuals now took a note and gave me something. I said, whoa, thank you. Whoa, I, I didn't know I could get one. But this individual walked into the building and saw his wife. And for the first time, this wife, I've always seen her. She's always very strong constitutioned. You get what I'm saying? And she had all smiles on her face. And the guy said, it's because of this particular breakthrough. Now, I'm saying this is as, wond as wonderful as that is. I then called the individual. I said, this is a dream I had about you. It's funny. I said, what's, what's that? I saw you and this individual. I specifically named the individual. And the guy said, ah, are you crazy? I said, no, I'm not crazy. He said, yeah, we're about to sign a big deal. Me and this individual. How did you know? I said, I didn't know anything. I was just sleeping and the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to it. Well, as wonderful as that is, the next day, both of them got into a fight. Two partners about to get into a deal that is the biggest deal of their lives. They are now at loggerheads. So I called both of them. We've seen the end result. But the reason why God showed me is so I can come in and tell you guys, don't do this. The enemy is about to sift this deal. I said, God did not show it to me because you guys gave me a dollar in the dream. He showed me so that I can become a silent voice to you guys. Consider this. Don't do it. Don't allow the lies of the enemy to penetrate this thing. You get what I'm saying? So on a daily basis, we talk and I keep encouraging them. I keep encouraging them. I keep encouraging them. I'm saying that to say this to you. There has to be a consciousness of God. In any transaction you're in, whether it's when I'm talking to my husband, whether it's when I'm talking to, my, to the wife, when you're talking to your wife or when you're talking to the children, in any of this thing. Because the love of God flows in and through our hearts to express what we need to express to every other person around us. So I'm saying that to explain this to you, that there are things the Holy Spirit just brings to your awareness, may not necessarily be for you. It will be for somebody else. But it is that consciousness to want to do. It continues to release it in your heart and in your heart and in your heart and in your heart. And before you know what's happening, opportunities. I mean, why would Paul say, you know, that um, a great and effective door has been opened to me and there are adversaries. The only reason he can say that is because the Holy Spirit opened his eyes to see what is before him. Every day, wake up. Holy Spirit, thank you. I'm partnering with you. Help me to see opportunities around me. 
Help me to walk conscious of you in my life. Because it's to, it's to that degree that every conversation is guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can then say, don't say it this way. Say it this way. Are you following me? Is anybody following me? Are there any questions? Questions? Comments? Psalm 51 was, cast me not away from your presence, but and take not your Holy Spirit from me. That's powerful. Because he knew outside of the Holy Spirit he was dead. That's it. So do with me whatever you want to do, but do not take your Holy Spirit. And this was under the law. There we go. That's it. This was under the law. Because Jesus himself knew you need it. It's an assistance you need on a daily basis. Because we can't live this life by ourselves. I mean, if Jesus himself would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and it was the Holy Spirit that now led him, how much more you and I? There's no way we can neglect that ministry in our life. It's the Holy Spirit that administers everything that the Father has settled for us. The abundance that we need is the old spirit that administers it. Listen, that is the administrative department, if I'm going to put it that way. Because you need the administrative department to, to be able to pass anything through in an establishment. I mean, am I right, Pastor Charles? I know that's, that. I mean, without them, you can't do anything. See the Holy Spirit as your administrator. The one that just administers the power of God. The grace of God in your life administers the love of God in your life. Everything in your life. You have something, Doc? The, the, the Amplified uh, Bible, um, I mean, the first time I read the Amplified Bible, I mean, a few years ago, and when I read John chapter 16, where, you know, the, the, the author amplified, he amplified um, the role of the Holy Spirit. And this is in John 16. And I'll just read verse uh, 7 to buttress my principle. But I tell you the truth. This is, this is Jesus speaking. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, and then, the Bible now gives you the meaning of helper, what is involved in the helping. This is why I fell in love with the Amplified Bible. He said, the helper, and then in bracket, he says, the comforter. Mm. And you know, many a times, we are, most of the time, we are discomforted. Right. So we have an ever-abiding comforter. The advocate. Mm. Who is an advocate? Somebody who argues your case. Or your case there we go. On your behalf. Yeah. The advocate. There we go. The intercessor. There we go. He prays for you. Mm. In fact, we are told that we don't know how, we ought to, how pray. to pray, how we ought to pray. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit begs for intercessions. 
with groanings that cannot be uttered. So, he is our intercessor, a counselor. I counsel. I don't know what it means to counsel. You advise. You say, do this, do that. And not only that, but also empowers to do the right thing. Because he says that he is the one who is at work in us, both to will and to do of his own good pleasures. So not only is he the counselor, but he's also the strengthener. Empowers. He strengthens. Because we lack the strength. And then he says, they stand by. They stand by. You know, back home, we have, we, we have the standby. Standby generation. So that when the power goes off, there is a standby. The generation, the standby. almost immediately. So that you are never in want. There we go. You are never in want. And, and you know, this, this, that opened my eyes a lot. Many, many years back, when I, when, when I read, I said, wow. So this is the meaning of, you know, the, uh, you know, the Greek word is, you know, paracletus. Yeah. Paracletus, one who walks alongside you. Yeah. One who walks alongside you. Yeah. And then we are inseparably joined right. to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You see, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. There we go. That's it. So we are one with him. That's right. We are one. Consciousness. Yeah. So it is our consciousness That's correct. and then responding to that consciousness That's right. that we need in our lives. That's it. Not you said minute by minute. I call it per second per second. That's correct. You're right. Per second per second. <coughs> the, the, I mean one thing Pastor Charles and Doc that they are saying that is very consistent is the fact that the Holy Spirit you can afford not to have the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, if David will say, do not take away your Holy Spirit from me, and he's under the law. I mean, I imagine us under grace, what that is supposed to do. I mean, all of that just means we are in grace. And understand this, we are now in a habitational culture, not a visitational culture. In other words, the Holy Spirit don't visit us. Is inhabited us, indwelling, is there. And I'm sure he's crying all the time. I'm here. Come on. Make use of me. Make use of me. I'm here. I'm here. Make use of me. Make use of me. Some time ago, somebody told me, you know, I'm here as a resource for you. Make use of me. I never went to make use of that resource. <laughs> Until later, I realized it was a valuable resource. Until the resource left. But in this case, this one does not leave. But why should I go through the pain and the stress of any circumstance when I have a standby? When I have someone that I can lean on? Remember I said on Sunday, our body is not meant to take stress. It's not. It's not. God, God, God said it about for life and abundance. If the same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead... Do you, know, do you know how powerful that is? The same spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. 
goes to what Doc said. He that raised Christ from the dead will by that same spirit quicken your body. Another transition will say, give life to your mortal body. Listen, if we can consciously and consistently walk this thing, I don't think many of us, I mean, you'll be going through stuff. People will know you're going through stuff and be wondering why you're laughing. They will not be able to read your face at all because there's a joy that is expressed inside of you and then works itself out. Selwyn, you have yeah, something? Um, just to buttress what you're saying about what Christ has given us, right? Um, when it says God has not given us the spirit of fear, against the spirit of fear is the spirit of power, spirit of love, and of the sound mind. That is a ha because of the habitation of the Holy Spirit. We have that love. We have that power. Um, another translation says self-control. Yeah. And a lot of times when we miss God or we turn away from God, the fear is what inca incapacitates or takes over the love, the power, and, and the sound mind. So we always need to be communicating, spending time on the word, spending time with the spirit, spending time in prayer, because that will enable us to be empowered to love, empowered to have self-control and all of that. So yeah. the, the Holy Spirit is very, very sound in that That's way. Correct. Linda. Well, I have more of a question. Okay. Um, and it's funny that I'm here today because I usually can't make it here. So I was like, I had a call yesterday and I didn't know what to tell the person. So perfect. Um, a young lady called me and um, she was telling me about a life decision that she wanted to make. Um, she's about 30 something, you know, um, marriage age, quote unquote. Um, she meets this wonderful young man, but you know, she's having trouble trying to figure out, you know, if this is the one, blah, blah, blah. And before I could even try to advise her, she said, whatever you do, don't tell me to go pray about it. She's like, because I have done that before and I don't feel like I'm hearing from God. Um, she says, you know, I've done the whole, you know, she, she said for the past three years, I have, you know, fasted, I've prayed, I have really sat down trying to listen to God clearly. I'm not hearing anything. You know, and she, she's like, what am I going to do? And I said, well, honestly, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> like, that was the honest truth because sometimes when you do, you know, rest in God, a lot of us, we believe, we want to believe, we want to hear from God, and we do spend time in prayer, we do spend time fasting. You know, we do everything that's, quote, unquote, the right things to do, and at the end of this fasting period or whatever period you're going through, you don't hear anything clearly, so you're back in your original state of confusion, you know, so it's almost like I hear what you're saying. And I, you know, it sounds good when we're here and we're sitting here like, oh, my God, yes, you know, yay, awesome. Then you go home and let's say you get a job offer or you get three job offers and you want to apply what we've learned today, which is I believe, number one, that Christ is, you know, I have the Holy Spirit in me. Obviously, I mean, uh, I'm a Christian. I should, I should, I'm supposed to believe that. So I believe it and I've always believed it. But then when it's time to apply it in situations, sometimes, I know for me personally, I find that I usually more confused than I, you know, I am going in. So then I get a job or I pick a job and I'm like, ah, was this the right job that I picked, you know? Because I never really clearly heard from God. I just kind of pros and conned it, prayed about it, felt good about it, and I, I, I you know, took the job offer, you know? So same thing with her, like I was, you know, when I was speaking with her, at the end of the conversation, I ended up telling her to, you know, pray about it again, but... <laughs> I really didn't know what to tell her, so I don't know if you, got, if you have any advice or anything to kind of add to that based on, you know, the little that I've shared. Why do you think you're growing in the autonomy of the Holy Spirit? 
even when we uh, uh, say we're praying and fasting, what we're looking for is a voice to affirm our prejudice. So you're just looking for affirmation for a position that you've taken. And the Holy Spirit might be yelling, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. But it's not affirming that thing. And, and it's a subconscious thing. It's not affirming that thing, that prejudice you already have. So you come out of the process saying you haven't heard the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit has been speaking, but you're just inclined in a certain direction. There's something I wanted to say, Pastor T, and it may take a minute too. In the book of Joshua, the Bible says this book of the law um, must not depart from your mouth, but you must meditate upon it day and night. Then will you have good success and make your way prosperous. And so by, by implication, any success that's enduring and permanent that's, that prospers you has to be anchored on the word of God. And then flip forward to the New Testament. Jesus said, with the function of the Holy Spirit, he will call into your memory all the words that I've spoken to you. And so if, you, if that is true, if we recognize that God is not obligated to do anything but his word, in other words, I can't will something and have God affirm it. I can't will, uh, in other words, God is not obligated to cash any checks he has not written. If that is true, then part of what the Holy Spirit does with it, what the Holy Spirit does with me is this. When I'm in a decision mode, he reminds me of the words of Jesus. In other words, he points me back to his word because that's where the principle for success is. And my duty is then to meditate upon that, upon that word. Well, God, your word says this. It says that. How does this play out in real life? Because that's where the principle is. And so in meditating upon that word, like Joshua says, God gives you clarity in the decision that you make. In the, and then if you follow that clarity, the Bible says you have good success. So there is no anchor for success that other than the word of God. And if you want to be successful, what that lady is doing is doing what exactly the, what the children of Israel did. Moses, you go hear God and come tell us what God says. When God is in fact looking for a personal relationship, God is more in, interested in that relationship with you than in the outcome of your decision. So, so God will always draw you to himself. And as long as there's an idol, some other person that you're looking to, God is not obligated to speak in that situation. So he's going to draw you to himself. He's going to draw you to his word. The Holy Spirit is going to bring into your remembrance the principles that you need to apply for that decision. And those principles are in the word of God. And if you pray and meditate over that principle, those principles, the Bible guarantees us that you make your way prosperous and have good success. So the person that's looking for a shortcut, unfortunately, we, we uh, are operating in uh, a, a mode of faith now where it's, uh, you know, shortcuts and microwave and pull the lever and things pop out. Yes. When God is, in fact, looking to develop our character by putting us through a process that draws us to him. Uncle Sam. Quick question. Hearing from what Linda is saying. Is it possible after you have prayed and fasted for God to answer your prayers through somebody? 
Oh, absolutely. In fact, I was going to I was going to come to that. Absolutely. We are waiting for God said when the signs and uh, somebody has done something that has really pointed you to the answer. That's right. But because we didn't hear hey, my child or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay, I just want to be sure that um, what Pastor Charles said, absolutely 100% true. Uncle Sam, 100% true. You need interactions with people. That's where how the Holy Spirit speaks through the word. That's how he speaks. He speaks through circumstances. That's how he speaks. He speaks in prayer. He speaks while you're listening to a message. I also just want to give you an advice of how it is with me. Maybe that can help you. Um, I've always battled that too prior to a few years ago, of how do you audibly hear this voice of God? And I, I kind of always look for this loud thing. You get what I'm saying? And many times, as Charles is right, you have some sort of prejudice, and you want God to speak towards that bias. You get what I'm saying? And it's not, it's not working. But having started this grace walk, I'll bring you back again to the scripture I quoted in Hebrews. Strong meat belongs to them who by reason of use have had their senses exercised to discern good and evil. And I'm not meaning good and evil in your case. So this is how it started out with me. It was a simple thing. It's that little nudging voice you want to develop. You, 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 you don't want a microwave system, like Pastor Charles said. You want a crockpot process to where you can say, like Paul said, the Lord told me there shall be no loss. It wasn't that he heard an audible voice. It was because he was used to a voice. It starts with a little thing. When I'm having a little conversation with Doc or my husband, and I get into an argument, I hear a voice say, step back. Don't say it. And you obey that voice. You step back. That's one win for you. In the spirit. The next day, you're about to go into the grocery store to Publix. God says, no, why don't you go to Kroger? And then you get to Kroger. All of a sudden, somebody that you've, been, you've not seen for a while, you see them. It's no accident. That has happened. Immediately, bam, you back to that voice. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, one day, you get into a group with people. And you start talking. And you just hear somebody say something. Something just comes alive within you. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. But it can only happen as you walk in this consciousness and intimacy and friendship. You have a best friend. You guys did not start overnight like that. There are some things within the friendship now that is allowed. And have you ever had a friend that I mean, one of your friends, you want to do something, and you hear Toyin's voice in your head. Hmm, Toyin, this is what Toyin will say. Does that happen to you? But it didn't happen overnight, did it, when you started your friendship with Toyin? No. It happened as a result of time, of developing this relationship. So what I'm asking you to do is, I can't tell you you're going to hear God's voice like this, boom. It depends on the level of intimacy. At this point, you get what I'm saying? God is always speaking. He's saying things. It's just that we are not hearing it because we have not developed our senses 
to hear that voice clearly. Now, every day now, I just know when the Holy Spirit says to me, stop. Don't go that route. I quickly step back. You get what I'm saying? It's a daily basis now. I'm hearing it better than I used to hear it years ago. So my answer to you is, it's not something you will see in one minute. But you have to consciously, like Pastor Charles said, you are in the word. You get what I'm saying? You are, you are in your interaction. You are attentive. You get what I'm saying? There are times, there was a time when Pastor Charles would talk. And I remember I called you. I said, something you said. You get what I'm saying? It was just something he said. It, it, because at that point in time, I was conscious of what I was carrying. So he said something and just triggered something. And I just thanked him for saying it. That was it. You understand? But it helped me to make a decision. Are you following what I'm saying? So that's the answer to that. I don't know if that would help you. Doc. Right answer to you know to that, and, and it's in Colossians chapter 3, verse uh, 15. It says, Let the peace of Christ, that is the inner calm of one who walks daily with Him, one who walks daily with Him, talking about the intimacy, be the controlling factor in your hearts. And it says, the deciding and settling questions that arise. In other words, when I am at a crossroad, when I need to make a decision, it says, let the peace of Christ be the umpire. Yeah. Let, let him be the, you know, the referee. Let him be the one who says, you know, um, here is a penalty, here is a foul. And this is a good game. So, the peace of Christ. And <clears throat> because there are so many voices out there. In your mind. Yeah. And, and uh, most times, my voice is the loudest. Yeah. My voice is, is the loudest. But it says, you know, when, when God spoke to Elijah, when Elijah ran away from, from um, Jezebel, he said there was storm and God wasn't there. There was thunder and God wasn't there. But there was a still small voice. And God will only speak to us through that still small voice. And it takes and it takes practice. It takes practice. So mine is mine is the peace of God. Do I have peace when I do this? Yeah. Does that calmness come into my spirit when I want to do that? That's correct. He says, let that be the judge. Let that be the referee. Let that be the umpire. Let yeah. that be the controlling factor. Let that be the one that settles yeah. every decision that I want to, I, I, I want to make. That's it. So I don't know if that has helped you, but um, it's, it's, sir. Just, just uh, on the question of, um, so just for the sake of clarity then, yes. when you speak about the Holy Spirit as a silent partner, uh, it, it's not in the sense that the Holy Spirit is not speaking. No, no. Okay, yeah. No. Because so it's, it's, it's important that we understand it, the Holy Spirit is not silent in the sense of a, a business transaction where, yeah, that he's constantly speaking. The question is, are we hearing? There was something you said. You said uh, the consciousness of the Holy Spirit now uh, is with you 24-7. 
And so the way it works itself out, you'll say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. Thank you. Do you know that's what the Bible means when it says pray without season? There we go. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's, a, that's essentially what it means. What, absolutely. Because there's a consciousness of God is there with you and you're interacting with God. That's what prayer is. It's just daily interaction and conversation with your father. We, we tend to make this thing a uh, formal. We're praying 24 7. So we're, we're in some place and we're pulling down. That's, that's it. You're right. That's it. Not that complicated. Acknowledging him always. The Bible talks about you acknowledge him always. I mean, we are always having conversations in our head. Always having conversations in our head. But it, go ahead. Yeah. Um, people always ask this question that say, um, how do I know that the Holy Spirit? Uh, maybe you want to take a decision, just like all oh, we've been saying, everything in line. But there's one scripture uh, I always give them, that is Philippians chapter 4, that says, um, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. And after that, what happened? The peace. I always say, once you experience the peace of God, that's the Holy Spirit right there in anything. But once you experience the trouble, you know, that's... Uh... Dan. Yeah, yeah. I know we have... Time is going. We can catch that time. How do we introduce millennials and young people to the consciousness of the Holy Spirit speaking to them and making them aware? The Bible tells us that Samuel was a young lad. He heard the voice. He was thinking that it was Eli that was calling him. He was so at the third time, Eli said, Oh, go back and lie down. When you hear that voice again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant. So that tells me that there is a role, the role for mentors, parental, teachers to guide the younger. How do we, as a congregation, as a people, direct our younger people? to be conscious that the Holy Spirit that we're talking about is also in them and it can be activated. How, what are the methods we can approach this? Um, I mean, you have. You've given the answer to various areas. I mean, I, I think for me, for millennials, except for those that, have, that don't have parents around, you understand, if their parents are believers, it starts with that. Um, I think there is where you begin to teach them the voice of God. I mean, uh, Toyosi had an incident some time ago. Somebody went into his vehicle, stole his laptop. He was upset. I mean, in school, he was upset. He ran home. And he came to me. He's going to go to that. He went on. You know how they have all of their technology, whatever. He said, okay, I can see him. I'm tracking him. He has it in Konyas. He wanted to get in the vehicle and just raw drive to Konyas. I said, wow, that's bold. <laughs> Somebody came boldly into your vehicle, took your laptop, ran away with it. And you want to go and meet the person in Konyas? failing to understand the person may have it gone. So I said to you, I said, relax. Let's pray. Let's trust God. Let's ask God for how to go about this thing. So he and I prayed. And I said to him, okay, call the police in school. Report to them. This one directed him on what to do to call the police in Conyers and all of that. And he said to me, mom, if we don't do something, this laptop is gone. I said, listen, there are two options in this thing. One, we've, we've prayed, 
We stay on track and just allow God. I said, but I believe from having prayed with you that you will recover this laptop. I don't know when you recover it, but you will recover this laptop. My son looked at me like I was crazy. So this happened around February. He made a report. He went back to them. Those ones said they can't track anything. Those were the reports he was getting. Lo and behold, the month of April, he got a call from the school police and said, we recovered your laptop. Come and get it. When he was about to run, I said, ah, hold on, don't rush. We don't need to rush this. Let's go back to when he started. What have you learned in this? He said, I've learned to pause and pray and hear the direction of God. I said, if that's all you've learned, that's enough for me. I'm done. So I guess for us as parents, it's just those little experience we can use in teaching our children how to walk with the Holy Spirit and hear the voice of God. Amen. Let, let's turn to a feet. Time is gone. And I just have one prayer point tonight, and that is that the Holy Spirit will open our eyes to become conscious of his presence in our lives. Amen. That's the only prayer.